The majority of stems of different plants and vegetables are not considered to be a yad. A yad is a handle, something that is used to hold on to the edible part of the food. And we consider that to be an extension of the food itself. So it would become tommy together with the rest of the food. Or if the food became tommy, and then just the yad touched a different food item, it would make the other food item tommy because we look at the yad as being an extension of the food itself. But in general, that's only if the yad is useful and it's generally used as something via which one can hold on to the food. But the stem of various different vegetables and foods are not considered to be a yad in general, unless they are used. So, for example, the stalks of grain are used for tying together bundles of grain. So that would be considered a yad. And this Mishnah lists a few other types of stalks that are considered to be a yad, but the truth is the Mishnah begins by telling us that the stalks, the stems of regular figs or dried up figs or a particular small kind of fig or carobs, their stalks, they would become tommy together with the fruit, the, the fruit itself. They would make other things tommy as well. That's what applies to even a yad, but the Mishnah says, and with starfin, they would also combine to make up the minimum size of a kabetza, the size of an egg that is needed for a food item to be able to transfer its impurity onwards to other things. Now, in general, this only applies to a shomer, something that guards the fruit. But over here, the stems don't guard the food, so why is it that they combine together with the actual food, even to make up the minimum size. This doesn't usually apply to yodos. The answer is that occasionally these stems would actually be eaten together with the fruit itself. They are never eaten by themselves, that's why it could be that they would be defined as a yad, but as long as they are attached and they're considered to be a yad of the fruit, so we consider it to be like the fruit itself, they're even edible to a certain extent, so it would combine to make up the minimum size, just like the fruit itself. Rabbi Yossi says, even the stem or the stalk of a gourd is the same, because if one boils it, then it can be eaten together with the gourd itself. And according to Rabbi Yossi, even before one has boiled it, that already is enough to consider it to be an extension and a part of the fruit itself. The stems or the stalks of regular pears or small wild pears, Parisha many understand to be a quince, quinces and Uzrodin is from the family of apples. Oikets the last tefach, the stem of a gourd for up to a tefach, that's how much is considered to be useful as a handle. Oikets krunos tefach. A tefach of the stalk of an artichoke. Rabbi Elozbar Rabitzodik Emet Tefchayim. Rabbi Elozbar Rabitzodik says even two tefachim of such a stalk. These would become tome and would transfer the impurity of the plant, of the food, onwards to other things, but they would not combine to make up the minimum size. In other words, they are considered to be a yad. But all other kinds of stems and stalks that haven't been mentioned in the past couple of Mishnayis, they would not become Tomei together with the food itself, and they also wouldn't transfer the impurity of the food onwards to other things, because in general they are not used as even a handle, and they would not even have the status of a Yad. Olives that were pickled together with their leaves. 
With regards to fresh olives, the leaves are considered to be a yad because often one would hold the olives via their leaves. But once they are pickled, in general, one would cut the leaves off before pickling the olives. But in this particular situation, the person decided to keep the leaves attached to the olives even when he pickled them. Often merchants would do this because it gives the olives a more presentable appearance for selling them. But they're not used essentially to for anything more than that. And therefore to Hirim, the leaves are considered to be pure. That is to say they're not even considered to be a yad. And that means that if a source of impurity touches just the leaves, the leaves will remain pure. And, when, and automatically the, the olives themselves also remain pure. Whereas if we consider them to be a yad, then not only would the leaves become tome, but even the olives themselves would become tome. And the Mishnah explains why is it that they are not considered to be a yad. They're not an extension of the olives at all. Because he only pickled them together with the olives for the sake of the appearance, but not because they are actually going to be used together with the olives. Continues the Mishnah, Kishus shel kishus. The fuzzy hairs that are surrounding a cucumber, the hanitshela, and the small flower or budding or blossom that would sometimes be at the top of a cucumber. Tahira, these are considered to be pure, they don't combine, they're not considered to be an extension of the cucumber itself because they don't really serve a function. Rabbi Yehuda says, Kozman as long as the cucumbers are in front of a merchant, meaning if the merchant is selling them, so he's got a large box of lots of these cucumbers, then Tamea, even these parts would be considered Tomei. They are considered to be a shomer because since there are lots of people who are going to end up touching the cucumbers, potential buyers will have a look at them. The fact that there are these fuzzy hairs as well as this bud at the tip of the cucumbers that prevents the cucumbers from getting spoiled via the vast amount of touching that is being done by the various potential buyers. The Mishnah begins by talking about a unique type of yad. All of the pits, the pips in the inside of a fruit, they become tome together with the fruit and they would also make another food item tome if they are tome and they touch the other food item, but they do not combine to make up the minimum size. Again, the Mishnah is coming to say that they are considered to be a yad. And the reason why this is a unique type of yad is because we're talking about a a whole fruit where the pit is inside, so you're not holding onto the fruit via the pit. Quite the opposite, the pit is inside, you're not even able to hold onto the fruit via the pit. So how can this be considered a yad? One explanation is that it assists in the holding onto the fruit, because if it weren't for the pit, then when you hold onto the fruit, it would get squashed. The pit keeps it firm and solid, which makes the fruit as a whole easier to transport and move about, and therefore it is considered to be a yad. So this case of the Mishnah is a case where the entire fruit is still whole. In that case, we consider the pit to be a yad. The pit that is inside of a moist, fresh date, even if part of it comes out of the fruit, or even if it's just it's able to come out, Nevertheless, Mitzarefes, it still would combine together with the rest of the date to make up the minimum size, because it's considered to be a shomer, it guards and protects the date from drying out, 
However, Shalyavesha, if the date is already dried up, then Enumitzterefes, the pit, would not combine with the date itself because it no longer protects it from drying up. It's already dried up. The Mishnah says that Lefichach, therefore, Chosol, this refers to the thin coating, the membrane which is on the inside of a date, the whitish part that's the, on the surface of the inside of the date, Shalyavesha, with regards to a dry date, since the pit does not prevent the date from drying up anymore, the thing that does protect the date somewhat to a certain degree is this thin coating. So it's Doraif, the thin coating would combine with the rest of the date to make up the minimum size. Vishaldreitev, on the other hand, with regards to a fresh, moist date, where the pit does protect it and it does prevent it from drying up, Enomitzdoraif, the thin coating in that case would not combine with the date because it's not needed. You've got the pit itself to protect and guard the date from drying up and therefore the... That which the thin coating does is considered to be relatively insignificant, and therefore the coating is not considered to be a shomer. The mission continues with a case of galinos miktsosa yotsa, a pip, a pit inside of a date, that part of it is now outside of the date, and we're talking about a case where part of the date has been eaten. So it emerges that a part of the pit is now no longer totally enveloped by the date, the Mishnah says, The part of the pit that is still covered by the food and in the middle of the part which hasn't been eaten, that would combine with the date because it's protecting the part of the date that hasn't yet been eaten. But the pit that is beyond that obviously is not doing anything to protect the date and therefore it would not combine. On a similar note, etzem shiesh olav bosar, a bone on which there is meat. the part of the bone that is opposite the food, the part that actually has food there, mitzdarif, would combine to make up the minimum size of a kabetza, an egg, since it protects the meat. But a bone that extends beyond that and has no food there, that would not be considered a shomer. It would be considered a yad. One is always able to hold the meat via holding the bone, but it's not considered to be a shomer. What happens if if there was meat only on one side of the bone? It didn't surround the bone, it was only on one side of the bone. Rabbi Shmol, Emma Rabbi Shmol says, We look at the meat and see whether if it were to be cut into pieces, it would be able to surround the entire bone like a ring. Is there enough meat that if it were to cut into, if you were to cut it into strips, then you would be able to, so to speak, stretch it around the bone? then we're able to view it to a certain extent as if that's indeed the case, as if it's something that is able to be stretched around the entire bone, and then even the bone on the other side, the entire bone, would combine to make up the minimum size. Only the side of the bone that actually has food on it, and the food is opposite it, would that combine, but the other side of the bone, we don't start imagining as if the meat on this side is stretched around the other side, and therefore the other side would not combine. The Mishnah adds that the same law applies to other foods that have food growing just on one side. These are three different types of hyssop. And the way that they grow is there is a stalk, and on one side of the stalk there is the actual herb, the actual plant growing, the edible part. So if we're talking about whether the stalk is going to be considered a shomer or not, 
it would again depend upon this argument between Rabbi Yishmael and the Chachomim. Mishnah Gimel, Harimen Vuhavatiach Shinimik Mitzosai, if part of a pomegranate or a watermelon becomes mouldy or spoiled, Inamit Storif, it does not combine with the rest of the pomegranate or watermelon that is still edible to make up the minimum size of a kabetza. And even if Sholi Mikanu Mikan, if it's complete and not spoiled on either side of the pomegranate, Vinimik Minar Emtsa, and a part of the middle of the fruit is mouldy or spoiled, Inamit Storif, even then, that part that is not fit to be eaten would not combine because it's not considered to be food at all. It's not a handle, it doesn't protect anything, and it's lost its status of being the actual part of the food, and therefore it would not combine at all. Continues the Mishnah, Ha pit the pitma of a pomegranate, this refers to the part right at the top of a pomegranate that protrudes at the top, and it's considered to protect the inside of the pomegranate, just like a regular, just like the rest of the peel of a pomegranate. If it were to be cut off, then the pomegranate would already start to spoil, just like any fruit once the peel comes off. And because of that, Mishnah says, Mitzvah it would combine to make up the minimum size, because it's considered to be a shimer. The Hanit Shaloi, but the blossom and the bud that forms on top of the pomegranate sometimes, even though it's true that that also essentially protects the pomegranate, if the pitma was taken off, then this bud would protect it as well. However, this is considered to be a shoymer al-gabi shoymer, which means that it's something that guards it on top of something that already guards it, so it's not really needed. We don't consider the protection of the bud to be significant at all because it's virtually unnecessary, and therefore it does not have the status of a shoymer, so it would not combine with the rest of the fruit. That having been said, it is likely that it is considered to be a yad, because you would still hold on to the pomegranate sometimes from that part, from that bud, and therefore it would become tommy together with the rest of the pomegranate, but it would not combine like a shoymer. Rabbi Elozor, Rabbi Elozor says, Afham Masrik Tahar, even the comb-like part of the pomegranate, this refers to the outside of the, right outside of the pitma, which is the top of the pomegranate, you have these, the, the, the skin and the peel of the pomegranate, ends at different points. It looks almost like the teeth of a comb, and it has sort of pointy edges. That's how a pomegranate at the top ends, with these different points coming upwards. According to Rabbi Elazar, even that would not have the status of a shoymer or a yad, because it's already considered to be something separate from the pomegranate itself. Anything beyond the pitma, which is the top of the pomegranate, is really considered to be something external more, and therefore it would not be an extension of the pomegranate.